So the question that I have for you, Dylan, is at what point did you decide to take the leap? Ever wish life had a... <clears throat> ever wish life had an undo... Ever wish life had an undo button? With over 30 years experience in the creative industry, Matt and Dylan spill their secrets and share their insights about business and design. All to try to save you an undo. This is the Command Z Show, presented by Made by Things and Mingus Design. Dylan, what are you working on? Hi, Matt. <laughs> hey. Well, as it goes with small business right now, I'm working on the business, my business, because uh, technically speaking, project-wise, I got nothing on the plate, which is frightening. But as you know, this is how you roll sometimes with small business and uh, certainly a faith builder. No matter where you stand with believe in God or don't believe in God, I'll argue that everybody that runs a small business has faith. Lots of it. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, I know that feeling so well. It's, I don't know, those, <clears throat> those, those waves that that come like at, at one second when you're like high up on the wave, you're like, you feel unstoppable. And then all of a sudden that wave crashes and you're like, this isn't, this is the worst. This is the worst possible thing. Like, like it's all over now, you know? Yep. Um, but I don't know, I guess it, it's, it's also having faith that when those waves crash, they will pick back up again. Um, yeah. <laughs> are you, are you a bit of a sky is falling alarmist like me? I mean, do you go to extremes, I guess is another way to ask it. I I do, but I'm comfortable with it, if that makes sense at all. I've Well, I'm sure you are, maybe, but maybe the better question is are other people around you comfortable with it when you're when you're losing your mind or do you just hold it in? I don't know. That's a good question. I think my wife's used to it at this point. She has I'm not going too far down this little rabbit hole, but she has right. a lot of tr- <laughs> she has a lot of trust in me. That even whenever I say stupid things that she's like, okay, like she'll have her doubts, but she'll just, all right, you think that's the best way to go. Um, which I don't know, it's, it's interesting because we are a single income family. So it's like, well, everything, everything depends on me. And I don't know, it can be a lot of pressure, but I've always enjoyed that pressure. There's times where it can, gets to you, but I don't know. I, those times when things are are slow or i don't know you kind of notice like okay i think that things are getting slow right now or like things are slowing down and it's that weird feeling where yeah you do become an alarmist and you're like oh no like this is it like it's all crashing right now um but something something always happens and it just kind of works out i can't really explain it but something Something will happen. I don't know. <laughs> so so many things to unpack here. Uh, our our wonderful wives, the whole episode by itself. Um, why things happen the way they do? Is that coincidence? Is it is it faith in action? Who knows? Uh, we can we could certainly unpack that as an entire episode, if not an entire podcast. Yeah. Series. Well, here's the thing. You, so, oh, go ahead. Go no. ahead, Dylan. No, you, I was going to ask was, you what you're working on, but please go ahead, unpack it. Um, 
I'm working on um, trying trying to manage multiple projects, um, trying to get things organized. I think this this year so far, we're in mid mid January right now. This year so far has been just all right. We we have a good uh, kind of schedule going for us right now. It's just making sure we stay on top of it. And honestly, and I don't want to sound like an ass for saying this, but it's kind of managing all the people that do want to work with us right now and saying no. And it's difficult. It's difficult to say no sometimes, but it's like, this is this pro like I'm getting to this point for the very first time where I'm like, Oh, we have to choose between good projects now. It's like, we can't, we can't just take on every single um, project request that comes in. It's, it's a good problem to have, but it's it's really interesting because it's like, well, do you hire more people or do you just say, no, that's probably, we're not the best fit for that. Um, yeah. Dear listeners, for the rest of this podcast, I will now ask Matt how I can better serve his team in the coming <laughs> weeks as I look for work. <laughs> Trust me, man. I, I'm always thinking about it. Um yeah, oh, I laugh, no, but I, I laugh. But if only the listeners could see the tears streaming down my face—hot <laughs> tears of rage. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, honestly, I think a lot of this is kind of related to the question that I'm about to ask you. All right, um, and by the way, listeners, if you don't know this, we've never said this, I guess, up to the first no. through the first three episodes. But we don't—the other person doesn't know what the question is. That's how we've done this so far. And if you haven't been able to tell in the last few episodes, if you've listened to them, and if you have, thank you. But if you haven't noticed, um, that's been the way we've played this thing. And um, will we continue to do it that way? We don't know. We are enjoying the fact that you're here. We treasure the fact that you're listening. And uh, we hope this format is working. So with that, and if it's not, tell us. We've got a website. Command. Uh, Matt, help me out here. cmdz.show. There you go. So go to the go to the site, or go to one of our own uh, personal sites, business sites, um, madebythings.com or mangusdesign.com or mangus.design. Go there, reach out to us, tell us how we can make this better. Because for sure, what's the point in doing this if we're not helping you? All right, that's my hundred percent. Thank you. Nice. Um, so the question that I have for you, Dylan, is: At what point did you decide to take the leap? I want to know about, you know, what was going through your head before that moment where you, where you flipped that switch of, okay, now it's time. And now I'm going to run my own business. Oh, I was, I, I was going to ask for clarification here on the leap because, brother, I have made so many. <laughs> um, sometimes, uh, what, what's, the, what's the saying, the leap and the net will appear? Yeah. I can promise you sometimes the net does not appear. But that's a whole other podcast, too, about me having head injuries and uh, doing crazy, stupid things. All right. So the question is, when did I know it was time to take the leap and start my own business? That's a long answer, and I've done a few podcasts about that. But I will try, in the interest of uh, brevity, to provide a, a short answer. Quick background, I worked... 
large agencies, small, mid-sized agencies for uh, many years and did a variety of things. Large clients, massive clients actually, handled million-dollar budgets, even billion-dollar budgets, as far as I could tell from some of the numbers I was privy to and managing. And in that progression of my career, I worked myself pretty high up the ladder into um, creative leadership positions of several layers, including at the very end there, a VP position of creative at a pharmaceutical company. And by all standards, I had really reached uh, an important place, I guess, in my career. And I was very grateful for it, believe me. Uh, I don't want to sound like a privileged elitist a-hole, but I realized at the same time that I had reached this place, there was something missing. And that specific thing, to put it quickly, is I missed making the stuff. I missed actually being hands-on creative. And while I was blessed to have so many great people around me at all turns, account people, uh, fellow makers, project managers, developers, etc., I still missed being down there in the weeds and making this stuff. And so I started thinking about what would it take to start my own business. And I had a few folks in my life who had prompted me to do that over time. And one of them was Gregor Gilliam, who I think you know pretty well, Matt. He's a really great guy here in Columbus. And he had said for years, Dylan, just do your lettering, man. That's what you know, you're great at. And me being the shame, guilt-carrying, doubt-ridden person that I am, I thought, well, gosh, that's nice. And I thanked him for the compliment or for the encouragement. And uh, I never moved on it for years. So a couple things happened that pushed me to that decision to get back to the, the question and how it all worked out. And I'll just, and there were many, but here's two of them. One of them was uh, my friend um, Ryan approached me about doing an app for Subaru. And this was while I was still employed full time. And knowing that, he said, hey, could you take this on part time and knock this out? So um, that was in motion. And the other thing that was, that also happened during that time was, I went out to my garage and started drawing on the walls. And it was a Friday night, a nice warm summer night. And um, I just started drawing this crazy apocalypse scene of um, people running from flying saucers and uh, a little girl um, upset or a, a little girl on her phone, um, not realizing that Bigfoot's standing right over top of her. And it just is this crazy scene. It's like 10 feet wide by eight feet high. And I just started drawing it by hand without any pre-thought or any sketches or any nothing, just draw. And Janet, my wife came out to the garage and this point it's probably 10, 10 30 at night. And I didn't realize she was standing in the doorway for several seconds. And then I looked over at her and caught her eye and she said, you're really loving this, aren't you? Something to that effect. And I just nodded and said, yeah, I am. I mean, she could see it just watching me for a few moments and I could feel it. And her comment was confirmation that I'm back in that zone. And what I'll say next goes back to our original podcast episode, our first one, where we talk about what would you do all day if, you, if money was no object? And I know I mentioned bicycles in that podcast, but this moment in the garage was an indicator that I was in the zone doing something that I could do all day long, even if I wasn't getting paid for it, just drawing, illustrating, lettering. 
and I've said to people over the years, and I promise you it's pretty sound advice, that this zone thing is a really important thing to pay attention to, where you get to, you find yourself doing something that you'll do without getting paid for it. And here's a more practical on the ground daily indicator. You'll do it really late into the evening, even if you're not a night owl like me. I'm not a night owl. You'll do it late, you'll skip meals, and you'll still feel energized doing that thing. Friends, if that is something that's happening to you, pay attention to it, because that's what happened to me in that garage that night. So again, trying to keep this answer fairly brief, those two things were a huge catalyst for me to start saying, okay, can I do this full time? Drawing and lettering and making design on my own. And so to go back to the question, there wasn't like a aha moment per se, but I would say it was um, a series of little things and a couple of significant events like that that helped me understand that it was possible and I was going to make that leap. And then I put some things in motion. Like my friend Matt Bocek is so good at doing as a planner, which I am typically not, I started to set some things in motion in terms of what steps do I have to take to make this thing real. So I know it's cool to say that it was a leap and uh, you know make it sound like you just cast your fate to the wind. And in some ways, I wasn't probably the best planner of the whole thing, but I did plan. And I did take about a year to actually make that official leap and put in my notice at my day job and then turn things over. That's the short answer of that. Yeah. Which wasn't very short. So it took you about a year from kind of making the decision to actually doing it. Mm -hmm. Something that I've found is that a lot of people will be in a similar position. They'll say like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take the leap in like a year. And then they don't for whatever reason they either delay that decision of kind of cutting things off and going off on their own or just i don't know it it just it seems to happen a lot where i'll talk to people like many many people that'll say like all right i want to go off on my own and do this thing and i'm going to do it like in two months and then like six months later they still haven't and it's always weird for me because i'm like i don't want to bring it up because they know what they said (laughs) Like, I don't want to, like, embarrass them or anything like that. Sure. But at the, at that time, did you say it's going to be a year? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plan this for a year. Did you say that or is this no. just kind of how it worked out? I didn't have an – again, I, I can plan to some extent. Uh, Janet, my wife, is a fantastic planner. I'm not that. I'm not you, Matt. I'm, I'm just – but I, I made some steps and didn't try to place a specific timeline on them. Yeah. So what were those things that you needed to get together before you did uh, over that year? Like, what were the things? I mean, obviously, you putting in your notice at, at work was a big one. Yeah, um, really, that was truly the, the end of it, right? Yeah. That's, you know, I mean, there was no point in making any steps in, uh, or doing that until a lot of things were in place. Um, I, and again, I don't have an exhaustive list, but I can tell you yeah. a few things that were pretty critical. One is um, thinking about naming just like I would yep. do with a client, say, you know, and thinking about who I am and what I do best. And here's a little thought that might help, might be helpful to someone. The reality of that exercise of saying, who am I and what am I going to do for people? And who are those people I'm going to do it for? 
we as creative people and as marketers like to think that we are going to give you a formula and it's you're going to plug in these things and it's going to be perfect and you're going to realize that's the plan and 10 years later it's still going to be the same plan i would suggest that that's not how it works sometimes for me it was very much an organic thing and again full transparency six years later when i was on my uh, house sitting gig here last november working on an updated website i went through that exercise again and uploaded what I thought was appropriate at the time to the site. And I've tuned it since in the last couple months. The point being, this is an organic thing, for, at least for me. If, if there are folks out there that can say, nope, I solved it, man. Ten years later, I'm still rock solid. Haven't changed a word of that plan. Haven't changed my position one, one iota. Congratulations. Really, truly, I mean it. That's impressive. I just don't roll that way. Um, granted, the, the gist of it has stayed consistent, but... I'm always tuning that thing. So anyway, I had to get that done, at least think through one layer of that exercise or one round of that exercise. And then I had to think about what I was going to call myself. And I, I, I uh, grew up design-wise in the era of clever names back in the original dot-com, uh, flourish and then bust. And so that was cool and cute to have cute names. And then I realized something. My last name is really obscure. It's an obscure German name that's even pretty rare in Germany as far as I understand it. (laughs) And if you think about it, Google likes weird. And so when Google sees weird, it pays attention. And this is me. I'm not an SEO guy. Okay. So you guys, some of you search guys out there are like, wow, what an idiot. But I understand some level what I'm saying there, and that is there's an odd combination of M-E-N-G-E-S that Google's not used to, so Google pays attention to it. All to say, I decided to call myself Mengus Design, and I have struggled with that decision for six years. As a couple people will tell you that know me pretty well, I would love to get my name out of the way of the business. Um, and again, I'm not going to derail on that point, but just know that it's truly something, like I said a few minutes ago, I struggle with. So anyway, position, naming, naming. And then, of course, the, the excruciating task of a designer designing for themselves in terms of an identity. What's my logo? Oh, my gosh. Uh, remarkably, I got that cooked under a year's time, um, noodling with that thing. And as, as some people know, my icon is a lightning bolt, having been struck by lightning as a kid. And, and that's a quick little story, but true story that uh, makes for a darn good icon, if I may say so myself. And so those were a few critical things. Um, Got the LLC established with the state of Ohio, a little business note there, uh, found an accountant and uh, put some money away and uh, secured the URL once I got the naming right. Let's see, that's the short list. I know there are many other things in that list, but um, that was enough and truly a lot of work in a a year's time trying to juggle a full-time job and stay healthy physically and... uh, be a good husband and do all the other things that come along with life. Yeah. <clears throat> There's so much there. Let's see. Yeah. Where do we want to start? Again, keep trying uh, to make a long answer longer, don't I? No, I, this is what we're, this is what we're doing, man. We're, we're giving the long answer of things because the short answer. Episode is, four. Isn't enough. The long yeah. answers. <laughs> um, I guess the first thing I want to say is uh, we'll start with the most recent of what you said and then we'll work backwards a little bit here. You said put money away. Now, you don't need to give a certain amount here, but I'm curious, um, was there a certain goal that you had of like, I want to make sure I have this much money like set aside before I, I do this? Again, you don't have to give specific numbers, but I don't know, some yeah. sort of, uh, I don't know, landmark of some kind, I guess. Uh, six months. 
you know, six, six months six, of income. Six months expenses. Yeah. Uh, of income or of what of what you were doing or of expenses? Expenses. Okay. Yeah. Good good question because there's a lot of ways. Again, truly, we can unpack that for a long, yeah. long, long answer about how people approach it. And the, And again, to be clear, when you and I are sharing these things for folks that are listening, again, thank you, but we're not pretending that our little nuggets of wisdom are the, are the, the gospel here. We're just right. saying these are things that we've heard. And, and uh, another thing that I did in preparation for that decision to make the leap was I just, w- this was one of the best things I did. I went on Google and I said, I think I Googled things I wish I'd known five years ago, freelancing, some kind of, you know, yeah. word jumble like that. Dude, you talk about a treasure trove of information People are willing yep. to say, man, these are, the, these are the things, and there they come. And these are creative design people just like me. So I poured over that. Actually, that was one of the first things I did. And I poured over their list for weeks off and on and learned so much from those posts. Yeah. Including things so, like finances, like how much to put away. Yeah. I think that I was, I was somewhere pretty similar as far as expenses go, whenever, I mean, whenever I made that jump, it was, I had a less than one year old and I was the only income. So I was, that was the you're thing a, that I was You're a madman. That's it. That's I don't insane. know how I, looking back now, I'm like, how did you make that decision? Uh, like I knew it was tough, but it was like, I don't know, kind of just had one, there was only a plan A, right? So it was like... Hmm. I don't know, that's, that's the way it's going to be. I I think for me it was, it was about six months. It was, I wanted $20,000 in, in my savings account. That was kind of the, the number. I can't remember what my expenses were at the time, but that was the number. And luckily I did, because in those first three or four months, things weren't super good. And that's, I'm going to ask you right there about that of like, so that first year then, did that go how you expected it to? I think the quick answer is yes, but two things to share about the year. The first one is one of the, one of the dumbest things I did, truly one of the dumbest things I did launching the business was I had no client set up the day I started the business. Yep, same. And I don't think I have to unpack how stupid that is. However, the next day, a former coworker and a writer that I really cherish named Bruce Nickel who I'd worked with at uh, in the pharma space, he called and said, hey, man, I've got these Photoshop comps I need, some conceptual Photoshop comps. Uh, you, you have the ability to, to tackle those. And I don't even remember if Bruce knew that I was uh, day one of the business. I don't think he knew that. He just happened to call, which goes back to this whole faith thing and how do things work out. And so that, but uh, that was a tremendous blessing because day one I started working on stuff. The second thing I want to share about that year was that it was the year that I made a pretty critical mistake with a client. And um, I'm going to go ahead and name it. I did a job with Adept, I think it was called Adept Marketing, here in Columbus for um, Compassion, the charity website and uh, charity um, uh, company, who I'd supported for years. And I got approached about doing some UX, UI work for Compassion through Adept. And I said, sure, I'd love to do it. And I, I blew it. And to the point where uh, I was just slow, if not late on some timelines, which we all know is just a death knoll in this business. And uh, to the point where I went to um, Danielle, who was uh, running the place at the time, she may still be, 
And I said, could I schedule a quick meeting with you? And I sat down with her to say, I screwed this up. You know that. And I'm just here to say it to you face to face. I am not saying this to try to, you know, beg forgiveness or expect you to feel bad for me and hire me again. I am fully aware of the the fact that you will probably never hire me again. But I just want you to know that I screwed this up and I want you to hear it from me. So thank you for the job. And, you know, and she just basically nodded and she goes, yep. She goes, I get it. Thank you for coming in. And that was it. So I even hate telling that story, but I needed it. You know, I needed to, we talked about, you know, some failure stuff in a recent podcast. Uh, So very relevant there that that lesson was uh, early on in the business. You keep on giving me so much more I want to talk about. Um, Do we have to talk about my failure, Matt? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) not not specifically. Um, I, I guess, you know, to keep going on that, though, a little bit. Not many people would own a mistake like that. A lot of people feel like whenever they're on their own, they're supposed to be perfect. And this this comes in a lot of different ways. One, they think that their business has to be perfect before they start. You don't, honestly, you don't even need to register your business before you start. You can do that, you know, a month or two down the road. It's not something that needs to happen before you do everything else. It certainly helps, but that's that's not legal advice. But I'm just <laughs> saying, like, the most important thing is, you know, can you make money on your own? Like, I don't know, like, if you have a big project that comes up and you're like, oh, I can't do that yet because I got to do my logo, my website, and I got to register my business. Like that's saying no to an opportunity. So it's like, don't let perfection get in the way of opportunity, basically. Hmm. And that's, I, I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying about like, you know, it took you some time to kind of do all those things. I think, I think for me, it, it was probably a similar time period. Um, about a year or so Uh, for me it was I just came to a new city that's much cheaper than Los Angeles and (laughs) I need to just kind of set some roots that that was my goal it was just like I just want to meet people I want to find the community and once I feel comfortable here then I'm going to jump off and be on my own but and I was the same way though like I was like oh changing the name three times and it's like, no, that's not it. That's not right. I mean, that's the thing. You're going to change the name no matter what you do. So you might as well just start with something. Like, it might as well just be your name to, to start. And then over time when you're like, oh, you know what? I Like, I guess that's the thing. Like, everyone thinks that the decisions that you make that at that moment are the ones that you have to live with for the rest of your life. And it's like, no, no, no. You can change them at any point. Like, it, can, it they have its, its pros and cons, obviously. But the most important thing is just to start wherever you are. My my thing is like whenever I meet people that are really interested in going off on their own, but they're waiting for the, the planets to all align. They're waiting for that perfect moment. And there is no such thing. Like there's always going to be a reason to not do it. And honestly, like this kind of goes back to what we were saying, I think last episode was just like it's not for everyone you know, it, it's not, I don't know, it, even if you're not sure that it's for you, what's the harm in really trying? Even if you, even if you just made the decision like, okay, I'm going to give it a year of my life to just try this and see if I like it and if I can make it work. If you can't, oh, well, you go back to doing what you were doing and most likely you were pretty good at it. 
So I think that's that's the thing there is just waiting waiting for perfection to happen. And I don't know. I if I could give myself advice, it would be don't just just go, just start and you're going to make mistakes and just embrace those. You're going to make the wrong decisions no matter what, even if you spend a year trying to make the decisions, like you're still going to either regret them or wish you did something different. So, I don't know, it's much easier to start and get some sort of data of some kind back before making real decisions, right? Um, this and, is how you roll, though. This is a math thing where you, you are, you're taking iterative steps, small steps. Iterative steps, for sure. And uh, that's, that's the takeaway for me as a person who doesn't do that well enough and maybe somebody who's listening to what you just said is asking, I can ask myself, they can ask themselves, I'm going to get overwhelmed if I start to make that list again. Yeah. But let me just put one thing on that list and a small thing on yep. that list. So what, what could that be today? One little task that can move this thing forward and then do it. Just yep. say, I'm going to spend an hour, whatever it is. And then I think there's one more layer to that true for me at least, is when you complete that task, don't go running to the next task in the next second after you complete the first one. Just breathe for a few minutes. I know this sounds real kumbaya, Matt and I are going to light a campfire and roast some (laughs) mellow, you know, but I've been guilty of this for far too long of, and like my friend Alan Bumpus says, you know, we're always living in the future thinking about the next thing we got to do versus, and again, it sounds so kumbaya, but it's true. Just be present in this thing. And so back to that task, finish it and then say to yourself, remind yourself, tell yourself, I did that thing. How does that feel right now? And you know it feels good, or at least it should feel good. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, then that's a whole other thing to discuss and unpack and figure out maybe that's not what you're supposed to do. But anyway, so hopefully. The, the other thing I was going to, sorry. <laughs> um, the other thing I was going to say was, you know, going into projects and recognizing mistakes. I guess that's the other thing is that people feel like whenever they're on their own, especially, they need to be 100% perfect working with clients. The fact that you, that's the one thing that I wish I had that that you have, Dylan, is that, I don't know, I guess it's that, that humility where you're willing to, or self-awareness maybe is, is what I'm looking for. You're willing to say, oh, you know what? I messed this up. And you have, I don't know, the the courage to, to face that, right? You go directly to the the beast, you know, <laughs> and you and you face it and you say, hey, you know what? I, I messed up. I did this. Um, I didn't I didn't do great at this. Like, I'm sorry. And sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes it's just apologizing, not getting so defensive about things. And that, that was where I was early on, was when something didn't go right, I got a little bit defensive. And it's easier to see now that, you know, I'm not, while it wasn't 100% my blame, like the things that did go wrong, what, what would have hurt if I did just take responsibility? It wouldn't have hurt at all. It would have helped a lot more. So it's like, you know what, it, going to that person and saying, you know what, I messed this up. And not using the word but or <laughs> something right. like that. Because if, once you say but, you're, you know, placing the blame on somebody else as well. I see that do, behavior all the time around me yeah. and I struggle with it too. And yeah. Janet and I remind each other not to be defensive. And I, oh, I, uh, 
you know, so it starts at the house. And, yep. uh, and it's been a huge help to have it start there at our, in our home of mm-hmm. how we relate to each other and then extending that out to people. And what you described is exactly what I still struggle with all the time of, I don't want to admit that I'm wrong. Nobody yep. likes to say, oh, you know, unless you're just some weirdo, psychopath, you know, that, <laughs> I love being wrong. Tell me that I'm wrong. Okay. Anyway, that's not most people. And so I struggle with it too. Yeah. It's having a, saying something and then adding a butt to it. I have friends and family that struggle with it. It's painful to watch. And I love that thing about we recognize faults in others that we struggle with ourselves. So mm-hmm. I know I can see it in other people because I'm right there too. Yeah. Truly a moment to give each other grace and just understand we're all broken. Yeah. That's, you know, one of the biggest things for me whenever I'm like posting on LinkedIn and stuff like that is it's really just about being real. And I want to, I want to talk about the things that the mistakes that I've made and I, you know, I want to share my failures, but I'm going to share my successes too. That's just kind of how I deal with things. And I just try to be as open as possible. But that idea of the the only thing that can really de-escalate a situation where you make a mistake is acknowledging and apologizing. Like, honestly, if you can honestly do those things, it will de-escalate immediately. And then it becomes, all right, let's let's figure out how we solve that. And that, that's how I that's how I work with my team. We make we, we all make mistakes constantly. Right. Um, I'd say at least once or twice a week, mistakes are being made. They're not all big. Right. Right. But I always make sure, like, okay, well, how do they handle that? Like, that's one of the biggest things for me is, is seeing that. Like, acknowledging, oh, man, I accidentally sent that email out twice or accidentally called that client by the wrong name or, like, accidentally forgot to render this 3D render over the weekend whenever we had time. I mean, like, it's stuff like that where I'm like, okay, do they acknowledge the mistake that was made? And... If that's the case, I don't I don't need to get angry at anybody. Like they're already, you know, beating themselves up. So for me, I'm like, okay, if they know that they made a mistake, you can you know, see the if you can see that humility, I'm like, okay, let's move on. Let's figure out together how we're going to move on now. Like how how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? Like it's that kind of stuff. Um but it, it, I don't know. It's it's having that same grace with yourself too and if other people want to get really mad about things and angry, like I'm sure that client wasn't super happy about the situation. I don't, I don't know the details of it, but the fact that they could sit there and, and listen and even just nod and not like blow up or whatever, like good for them too, of just acknowledging again, I wasn't in the room, so I don't know exactly what was said, (laughs) but if, if that is the truth, if they just were, were able to listen and maybe just thank you for, being able to acknowledge what happened like that's that's big on on both sides so anyway yeah. i guess what i'm saying is like you you doing that it de-escalated the situation by a lot i'm sure it didn't make it much better like the result much better but at nope. least from a person to person human interaction um i don't know it's easier to live with yourself i guess yeah <laughs> and i'm, I'm really grateful things. that danielle didn't say anything more than she said I, yeah what a great lesson that was for me. I don't, I didn't need, oh, it's okay. I'm really mm-hmm. glad she didn't say that because it wasn't okay. Yeah. Again, I didn't need to be beaten up over it either, you know, to your mm-hmm. point. It's like, here I am, yep. you know, telling you what's, <laughs> what the deal is. 
And she said, yep, I get it. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. And I thought, yikes, that's it. And it was a, it was a gut check to realize, yes, that's what you came here for. Keep it. Keep the agenda pure and walk away. But, um, but see, this is, that's the thing, though. Like, this is what people are afraid of. They're afraid what? to start, I feel like, because they're like, what if I do make a mistake? And I guess, I don't know, I think that that fear leads to inaction, basically. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I feel like, you know, if you go through something like that, honestly, you're kind of unstoppable at that point because you're like, okay, I've been in the situation where I mess up. I've been in the situation where a client messes up. But it's, I don't know, kind of having faith in that everything's going to kind of work out. And I don't know. It's just be nice to each other, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's something for that. Something to that. <laughs> well, we're going to do T-shirts that just say be nice to each other. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess going to to my side of things a little bit more like whenever I have had those, those situations, I haven't, haven't always handled them very well up until the last couple of years. Um, I don't think that I handled them super well in the beginning. Um, not that I would like get mad at people, but like there'd be times where if a client doesn't like what I'm doing or what we're doing as a team now, I'm just like, Oh, okay. Well, I thought we had a process in place that kind of makes it so we don't really run into that situation. Like, let me understand like what happened exactly. So now I'm more interested than anything. Cause I'm like, Oh, okay. So whatever you're about to tell me is going to lead to a change in our process. Most likely. And maybe that process is, Oh, okay. You're just not the type of client we should be working with. Or maybe it's, Oh man, we did. Um, we did mess up. We did skip something. Like we thought you understood this thing, but you just, you, you don't because we didn't educate correctly basically so it's like no matter what that responsibility is on me at this point and it's like it's just much easier just taking responsibility for everything in your life that happens <laughs> and i don't know maybe it's healthy maybe it's not but well that's really that's... become the, the theme of this conversation isn't it you know yeah just own it man yeah own your own your junk and you'll be able to move and it takes a load off of your mind and your spirit to just say yeah i could have done that better Doggone it. How can I, and and how can I make it better? Not just walk around with your guilt and shame, which is what I do, but just say, what, what, what can we do to fix this? What can I do to fix this? And that is another component of that responsibility thing is realizing that, and this is such a challenge for us in this culture and from a business, all of it, it's all in the same bucket of realizing my job today is not to fix somebody else or convince them of something necessarily, but what can I do to better how I'm doing this business or this process? How can I better, like you just mentioned, how can I better communicate that process to a client? Because if they're coming at me with misunderstanding or even aggression, then there's a reason for that. And I might be part of that reason. And am I willing to say, you know what? Yeah. Did we really define that carefully? And here's the thing about running a creative business that I found so true. I promise I will say this again in another podcast, another episode is we are so good as marketers and creative people of the honeymoon period with a potential client of saying, here's what we're going to do. And it's going to be fun. Yay. We're going to make great stuff and build your business and blah, blah, blah. And we throw that stuff out there at the, at the onset. 
where we fail is we fail to manage those expectations. We fail to manage the expectations that we originally set. We fail to manage them through the process and the relationship. It happens all the time. I've seen it for years in big businesses and big agencies that have money to burn. And I've been there and watched them unravel because, and again, it's everyone's responsibility. It's the, it's the project manager, the account person, the junior designer in that meeting who's on their phone and not paying attention, the senior designer who's on their phone and not paying attention in that client meeting, whatever it is, you have a responsibility to be on and serving that client with your very best. And if you don't, you're starting to erode those expectations. You're eroding that relationship, whether you admit it or not, or like it or not. Anyway, I'm ranting, but man, I'm so passionate about that. You have yeah. to manage this stuff through or it will fail. And, and again, coming back to where did I uh, neglect to manage those expectations as, as best I could have? Yeah, for sure. As, you know, as a business owner now, so we started at a, around the same time, I think it was six or seven years ago, something like that. Right. <clears throat> and for me now, it is, it's I, the position that I'm in. I'm always looking for what's wrong. What's wrong with the company? Where is it broken? Let me find, let me find the breaks. So again, whenever, whenever I spot something like that, I don't know if I spot anything that I feel like isn't working, it's like, oh, okay, let me attack that this week. My job is to attack this, this thing that I feel like is broken and I'll come with a solution. It's not the perfect solution. It never is. Again, it kind of goes back to that, taking that time to make things, make things perfect. It's about iterating, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things, um, one of specific, specific examples is over the last year, well, I guess six months ago or so, we had a bunch of clients that were just going, just making endless revisions and like these, the schedule that we set up, just nobody was really seeming to listen very much. And it wasn't their fault. It was that like, we just didn't really have much of a laid out process. So I was like, you know what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create like this onboarding page. That's like, okay, after we agree to work with somebody, we send them this page. It's about 15 minutes worth of training material, basically. So it's really a video of me going through like, okay, hey, here's how the process is going to work. This person's going to send you this at this time. And, you know, we, we, need re uh, we need feedback within 48 business hours if you want to stay to the initial schedule. If Love you that. don't, there will be fees. Like, so it's like, I think that was a big thing is like understanding when, when are you going to charge people extra for things? Because if you don't, they're going to take advantage of you. And not, not because they're bad people, but that's just kind of the way that things go sometimes. Sure. So, everybody likes free stuff. Exactly. But if you don't manage those expectations correctly, you will get sort of steamrolled in this whole thing and you will end up losing a lot of money. Um, I think for me, especially whenever I started growing the team, where it's like, it's not just my time now. <laughs> It's other people's time and, and I'm paying for that time. So I want to make sure that we're being as efficient as possible. So since we put that in place, I don't know, we've probably done eight or 10 projects or so since then. And almost every single time people are like, oh my God, that's a great idea. We're stealing that for the clients that we have. We're going to do things like that now. I'm like, go ahead. Yeah. I didn't have to talk to you so much about all this stuff. Like it saved me a bunch of time and it set those right expectations. And if they, if they didn't understand something or if they didn't see something or read it, then it's like, that's kind of on them at that point. But at the same time, it's like, okay, if that did, if that was the case, I'd be like, well, how do we make sure that they read it? Maybe I'll put a little 
require a signature mm-hmm. on it. There it is. Like, like, there's, 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 like, there's, t- there's tiny Texas <laughs> by receiving this link, you are herein bound to the content within and then failure to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like just, but it's been enough so far. It's been enough. And it's yeah. like, okay, that's, that's the little stuff that I'm always looking to kind of change about the business side of things. Um, but it, it works the same way. Like if somebody doesn't like the, the illustrations that we did, it's like, oh, did we miss something in those conversations? Did we not have a long enough conversation? Did we not ask the right questions? Like, why are we just now finding out about this thing? Um, I don't know. It, it's, it just, it, I don't, I don't know where things are kind of going from here, but it's like, I, I enjoy that part of my job now. I enjoy that just like finding issues and working on solutions for them. It's, it's not the same company that I started seven years ago, but I'm still enjoying it. So it's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> You're, I hear um, you describing I, these iterative changes to your process. And what I'm hearing you not say, but you're saying is there is a positive outcome from well, you are saying it. There's a positive outcome in, in different ways, uh, different mm-hmm. positive feedback you're getting yeah. because of the steps that you've made to change those things. I, I feel like you and I could talk about process in a standalone episode, maybe sooner than later, because again, it was definitely part of this conversation today. And uh, I, I love sharing that stuff with people because, like you said a couple minutes ago, steal it. You know, there's yeah. nothing about the things that we're talking about that are proprietary. Nope. Not that I'm aware of. If there was, we probably wouldn't say them, right? But <laughs> exactly. things like process and, and, and some of these little nuggets, this is truly stuff for people to steal. Run away with it if it helps your business. I'm not trying to sell a book here. I might someday, but yep. not today. I'm just giving stuff away because <laughs> I love sharing this stuff. It's fun. Yep. For sure. All right, Dylan. All right. What, what final thoughts do you have here? Give yourself some grace. That's what I'm telling myself today. Get your shoulders out of your ears. And um, yeah, take a deep breath or three and roll on with the punches. Yeah. What about you? You know, this one, this one's, this one's for the audience and it's, and it's for you as well. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't talk about my religion as as much as a lot of other people do. It is something that is important to me, but it's kind of one of those relationships that I'm still working on, I guess you could say, right? Same here. Um I I enjoy going to church. I enjoy I I very much listen to sermons like their TED Talks. And I'm like, I just that's how I that's how I look at it. I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. Let's like depending on the pastor that we have at any given point, like there's some that are better than others, just more charismatic and can stay on on topic. And to me, I just I love it. Like I'm I'm a student of how they talk, right? So long long story short, um one of the most memorable sermons that I was ever listening to, um it came at a really good time in my life where things just weren't working out super well with the business. And the whole idea of the sermon was there will always be struggles, but, and you will always get stressed about things. But the important thing is to remember that there will always be somebody there to feed you. You know, we think, we think in our heads that the worst case scenario is that like, okay, we don't have any money. Everything's just 
gone to hell, you know, like our lives are just broken apart. But understanding that idea that no matter how bad things get, somebody will always be there to feed you. Um, I don't know. It's something that really just stuck with me where I'm like, you know what? Things can seem really bad sometimes, but it's never really as bad as you think it is. And I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what I'd say. It's a great way to wrap it up. Thank you, Matt. Awesome. All right. We'll see you guys. The Command Z Show is Matt Vojak and Dylan Mingus. Have a question you want us to discuss? Send us a message at cmdz.show. And while you're at it, we'd love a quick review on the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening. <laughs>